fish on. And welcome back to another episode of Hunger for the Outdoors. I'm Zach. I'm Connor. Gibson. Michaela. Melissa. James. Shane. And uh, today we had quite a fun time. An eventful morning, you could say. I wouldn't call it fun. (laughs) (laughs) Afternoon, day, night. James, you want to... Help our listeners understand what happened today. <laughs> I, first, I think you should introduce yourselves. You yeah, I guess are. that's fair. You're new to the podcast. You yeah. guys are our guests today. What? Yeah. Thanks, thanks for you. Thanks for having us. I'm James. This is my wife Shay. We are cousins to Connor, and obviously friends to everybody else here now. Mm-hmm. Um, we're glad to be here. Now, this whole plan started about a week ago. They were saying, "Hey, let's do a little ice fishing trip up in Idaho." So Connor, Michaela, and Gabby came up. Keep in mind, none of us have much experience ice fishing. No, I've never been. I think between us we have about six trips worth of ice fishing. Total? Six, six well, it might be a little closer to like four days total. And those are between two people. I've never been. <laughs> I've never been, so I'm, you know, I don't know what to expect. I'm not really expecting a lot, just looking forward to the trip. But, uh, you know, it's all supposed to be, hey, we drive up there, it's an hour drive. We drive up to the lake, pull out the, the tent, the rods, everything, go dig a couple holes and have fun. But things took a turn. <laughs> it didn't work out that way, did it? So, so, Gibby, where did the first turn go wrong? Well, decided no. to do it. When he bought a Kia? <laughs> yes. So, a little background. I, I'm driving a little Kia Forte, and we go to drive up, up the hill to this um, lake, and it's just a, a sheet of ice. And uphill, uphill, yeah. We, I was, I was shaking trying to drive up the hill. I was so nervous. Fish tailing the whole <laughs> so, way off. Oh yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. But we get up there, and all of a sudden, there's a road close sign, and so we can't drive in. No, wait, hold on. How far away was this road close sign from the actual lake? It, it, it was about three miles, I think. And so you know, we're with the exception. Of James, we're all 20, 22, 23 years and old. And me. Well, yeah, Kayla's like 80, though, so that doesn't really <laughs> matter. Hey, hey. What does that make me? She's only 25. <laughs> I was going to okay. say, that makes him 84? Okay, so how old are you actually, Michaela? <laughs> I'm almost 26. Okay, so not quite, but almost. Yeah. And James, how old are you? I'm 26. Okay. Yeah. So I guess I, I guess I'm 80. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're the granddad of the group. Yeah. No, so, no, but we pull up here though. So yeah. we, we pull up here, and there's the road close sign, like you're saying. Yeah. So now I'm thinking though, hey, it's gonna be right over the hill. But no, oh, how far is it, Zach? Three miles. <laughs> yeah. Now, what, huh? what? What would you have done, as a listener? What would you have done? You pull up there, find out you got three miles of fields and up and down hill to walk through. No, granted, to get to ice fishing. You don't know that it's all up and down. All you can see from where you're at is a little hill. And the rest of it, you can see, is pretty much flat from where you're at. Yeah. And so we're like, Let, let's, let's just strap up to the sled and what, let's, let's go. Let's have fun. I thought for sure we'd just turn around and go to a different lake. No. Zach and Gibby, they wanted to walk They're in. like, we're doing this. Just so, get your butts going. 
We thought, how bad could this actually yeah. be? It so, can't be that bad. So we strap Let's up just and, go. and we start walking. And we, we well, first we try and get the Jeep up there. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was, oh, yeah. We got really close. Close. The first time we got in, what, 100 yards before you started spinning tires? Yeah. yeah. Just about. Cute little Jeep Liberty. <laughs> Doesn't do that great in the snow. So we, we abandoned that plan and uh, start walking the rest of the way. And keep in mind, we're in our hauling everything. Augers, ice poles, chairs, the shelter. I don't know how much you guys know about ice fishing, but all the equipment that we had, we had two different augers, a six-man tent, chairs for everybody, kids for fishing everybody. Bowls. Yeah. Yes. Yep. James's $8 Walmart pole that he bought, bought the night before. A.K.A. the fish slayer. The fish slayer. The fish yeah. slayer. Same. Mm-hmm. But we had all this in the sled, all the tackle boxes and everything. I mean, that sled probably weighed, what did you think, about 100 pounds? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, least. I, I guess at least 7,500 pounds. It was, mm-hmm. it was heavy. It, yeah. That was without the tent. Yeah, with the tent, it was probably closer to about 170. Yeah. So we, fi- we finally get get to the lake and set up and we fished for what like 15 20 minutes <laughs> maybe maybe and temperature drop we all packed Sunset. up now keep in mind dropped. keep in mind we're not just out in the middle of nowhere where it's a lake flat with all the rest of the the rest of the ground around us we're down in the bottom of a freaking canyon yeah that's well, probably a quarter mile down there and Easy. so it was probably what four o'clock when it started getting dark oh yeah the freaking hill all the way down to it is like it's straight a, up and down. Oh yeah, we, it's, it's about a twenty-five degree slope. We yeah, we could yeah. ride the sled down if we wanted to. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> here's the thing: is we get there and James and Gibson are waiting for us at the boat dock with, with the sled. They with all, the sled, they were all slacking behind us, you know. <laughs> and so I catch up with them, and Gibson decides, you know what's a good idea? I'm letting the sled go. And so, what? as me yeah. being a genius. Decide, you know what? Full send. And so I ran and jumped onto this sled, bailing into the water as fast as we can go. I'm laying on top going, well, I hope it doesn't break. <laughs> Meanwhile, like all, all the 50 other people on the lake are like, what, what are the these heck? guys doing? <laughs> now keep in mind, everyone else out here is bringing either side-by-sides, four-wheelers, or snow machines. And we had a, a park ranger going, you guys really... Walking, walking down in here? <laughs> Everyone else is going, really? You decided to, to walk out of here? Oh, yeah. A lot of people stop yeah. us and say how brave we were. Oh, yeah. it was. Some said how stupid we were. I agree with them. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it was more stupidity than bravery. But anyway, we, we ended up fishing. We had a pretty good time. We kept trying to catch fish. Um, this year for Christmas, my beautiful wife bought me a new GoPro, and so I was looking down, seeing if I could find any fish, and... And uh, Connor Gibson and I went over to an area, and we're start drilling the hole, and we're got the GoPro down in there looking over, and we hear James yelling at us. I'm like, no, he didn't catch fish. He's just yelling at us. He was too far <laughs> away. We couldn't tell what he was saying. And so we just kept playing, and uh, we get back over there, and we're like, what, what, what the crud? What what you need what to show us? He looks over to the side, and there's a jumbo perch sitting there on the ice. <laughs> and we're like, hold on. Wait just a minute. The guys that have some experience, not a lot, mind you, ice fishing, haven't caught a freaking thing, and this nobody out of nowhere that's never been before in his entire life catches a huge perch. Are you kidding me? What an $8 kid's <laughs> <laughs> Well, that just shows that you need to be have patience. 
You guys are <laughs> awful with patience. No, yeah, go, bro. You can sit there and scout so, around. Yeah. Michaela, I agree with you because these guys were off trekking all across this lake. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to walk around this lake. I'm going to go sit down. I'm going to put a line in just because that's what I came here to do. I put it in, and obviously, I mean, it's really yeah, cold. Water's freezing over as my line's in there. Yeah, and so it was again. freezing your line. There's a, yeah. There's a good foot of ice on that lake. Yeah. Oh, at least. And it was, I, it was, I was 11 inches. I, I measured it with the little scooby. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so I was jigging off the bottom, and I thought I hit a piece of ice with my string, so I thought that's what I felt. But I'm like, I'm just going to let it sit here for a second and see if it, you know, that might have been a bite. And so I let it sit there for a second, and immediately, you can see the end of it just slowly bouncing. And I'm like, holy smokes, I might have a fish. And so I pull up on it, I'm like, I got a fish. <laughs> Two girls we in the tent next to me, I'm like, I got fish on it. So so I'm I like reeling this. I'm reeling this eight dollar Walmart pull up. By the way, it's the Shakespeare pigeon stick. Great, <laughs> great ice fishing rod. Eight dollars at Walmart. Shakespeare that, that is now known as the fish slayer because it is the only one that caught a freaking fish out of all of us. I was tempted between that one and the Elsa, the, oh, the Princess man. Elsa rod, but I went with the, the Shakespeare. So, we, we've talked about our experience getting to the lake, on the lake. Yeah. But that, that, that doesn't come anywhere close to our experience <laughs> our off the lake. Okay, so to start this, the first thing that happened is Connor and Michaela get real cold. And so they're like, screw this, we're, we're walking back. And so they start walking back. And I'm like, crap, I really don't want to walk all the way back. And so, there's a nice gentleman that's... Fishing, what, 200 yards away from us, Good maybe? Not even that. And uh, I asked him, hey, would you give me a ride back so I can bring our little Jeep Liberty in here and pick him up? And he's like, sure, hop on. And when I tell you that this was the coldest ride I've ever been on, <laughs> about the way up the hill, which is a quarter of the way up, I couldn't feel my face anymore. I'm streaming snot and tears. and My entire face is bright red, and this guy looks behind me like, you okay, dude? <laughs> I was like, no, I'm freezing, but it's okay. He's straddling a stranger he just met. <laughs> yeah, literally, literally had introduced myself less than five minutes prior. And when you were driving off, didn't he say, don't worry, uh, don't, or, don't, don't be, be afraid, afraid to snuggle, snuggle in? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, what? But this guy was really cool, and, and he really showed the essence of what we take pride of here in Idaho. Um, the entire way back, he was trying to befriend me. He said, you know, where are you from? And uh, he was really excited that I was from Idaho, and he he gave me some information about fishing and, and his experience being there, and he was just really, really kind. Yeah, this goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode with Gibby about, you know... Etiquette. Etiquette. Yeah. And he ends up being real, real kind, and we get back, and I start to take this Jeep Liberty, and I try to get through the first drift. And I think <laughs> I got, what, 200 yards into the drift? About. about. And, uh... All of a sudden, the vehicle just stops. And I'm like, oh, I'm in some trouble now. And in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Gibson and James and my wife are sitting down at the bottom waiting for me. How am I going to tell them? Not only am I stuck as a duck, but also that we've got to get them out of there. How am I going to get them here? Keep in mind, Kayla and I are about 100 yards past this hill, so we're... Just over three quarters of a mile away from the lake. And we hardly had cell phone service. Yeah, it, nobody 
on the lake that was waiting for the Jeep to come back and had service. <laughs> yep. And so I'm trying to call him, trying to call him. Can't get a hold of him. I try honking the horn. And in the meantime, I'm walking back to James' truck to see if there's anything there that I can use to get us unstuck. Well, this gentleman <laughs> happened to have a shovel and said, you know what, here, use this. And I thought to myself, well, I've been stuck before. It'll take time. But I'll be damned if I can't get unstuck with a shovel. <laughs> and so I sit there and I start shoveling, start shoveling, start shoveling. In the meantime, Connor and Michaela are getting a ride. Yes, all mm-hmm. of our story. <laughs> so, for some reason when we left, uh, Buck, Zach's dog, decided to follow us. and So we took him with us back up that hill. And uh, I'd say probably two or three hundred yards past the top of this hill, we got picked up by a four-wheeler. And this was the most sketchy ride I've ever had on a four-wheeler. Yes. <laughs> Nobody actually sat on the seat and straddled it like you're supposed to on a four-wheeler. The guy driving it was standing on one footstool, leaning against the rear wheel fender. And another guy on the other footstool, sitting on the other rear wheel fender. And they stopped and offered us a ride. And I was like, like do you, is do you there have room? room? Do you have room? He's like, yeah, no, come on, we do this all the time with the kids. We'll just have you guys sit up front. I was like, okay. So we get on, and I sit there facing him. Feet <laughs> on, on the, top of each on, other. On the front fender, facing him, feet on top of his feet. Kayla hops on the other wheel fender and faces the other guy, and I'm sitting there. Kayla gets the luxury of holding on to their metal rack on the front of their four-wheeler. I'm sitting there <laughs> holding that dog for dear life. Like, if I go flying off this thing or Buck was flying off, there's no way Zach and Melissa are going to ever forgive me. So I held on to him for dear life. And we almost flew off a couple times. We ended up getting stuck. I had to help him push the four-wheeler yeah, out. Yeah, we were like... But we uh, were sitting there riding, and we're telling about how, you know, our, the rest of our group's down at the bottom walk in, and like, one of our guys what? went back for uh, his Jeep to try and bring it back in. And we're riding, we're riding, and all of a sudden he's like, what, what kind of car is your buddy driving? And he's trying to get back in here. Oh, it's, it's a silver Jeep. He's like, I think I see it stuck in the road. Sideways. I think it's sideways. And I was like, yep, that's him. That sounds about right. Him. That sounds about right. So we just had him drop, him off, drop, drop us off there. And you know, we helped him help Zach dig the Jeep out. Eventually, after Gibby had gotten there with another ride, we were able to get it out. But uh, No, wait, hold on. In the meantime, while Connor and Michaela are getting a ride to the top, I'm sitting there digging my mind out of the bottom of this Jeep, trying to make sure it's not high centered. But what's going on with you guys, James, Gibby, and Melissa? What what are you guys doing? I think you take this one, James. <laughs> well, now our group of six had quickly gone to three, but we still have every ounce of gear, every single piece of gear, every single piece of gear. So we somehow strap it all onto the sled, and. The first part going back is straight up. I mean, it's straight up this little road out of the canyon because you got to get out of that canyon. Yeah. So that's the hardest part. It was slow going. It was slow going. Kayla you know, and I we were get struggling it. without any gear. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have asthma and stuff like that. So <laughs> I'm just out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be straight up. We'd get about thirty yards at a time, maybe a little more if we were feeling ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But uh, we, there's a couple people still on the lake, and we were just hoping. When they'd pack up, they'd stop. But, you know, a couple people end up driving by. We're like, man, there's one person left on the lake. One person. 
Like, there's no way. And he's got, like, a light on outside of his tent. He looks like he's camped out for the night. Yeah. Which we so, almost uh, decided to do. But we figured we didn't have enough gear to stay warm all night. Yeah, I wasn't staying out there all night. <laughs> In the meantime, when we got to the top of the boat ramp, I decided I was just going to make my way to the top and let right. these boys worry about the sled. Yeah. So now you got two she was booking with, it. She was booking it. Up now you got all. two people with 175 yes. pounds. Now, <laughs> me and Gibby. Now, we may be the, the most fit for the job, right? <laughs> Probably. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> anyway, we get going. Anyway, the last guy starts packing up, and so he's our last hope, really, of, of anybody. You know, obviously, we're not expecting anybody to pick us up or anything, but we're just hoping. Yeah. Hey, maybe somebody will take the sled so we can just walk back. Well, he's coming up, and finally we hear his engine start, you know, slowing down. We're like, okay, he's stopping. <laughs> and so he graciously offers one of us a ride, and obviously, you know, to come back and get us, you know, get the other one. So Gibby takes off, and I'm sitting there like, well, I might as well just start packing this other this sled up there i'll get it'll be even slower going yeah so i got it like you know another 50 yards and you know thank goodness i heard another sled coming around the corner and then one of the other guys that had passed us earlier is coming back and so he picked us up and uh we made it out barely we made it out there there were times in there where i thought me and you were going to be snuggled up in the shanty all night long trying to just stay warm yeah it might have come to that yeah <laughs> Now, Connor, when you got to the top, what position was the car in? Well, first of all, let's prelude all this with it's single digits outside. It's like <laughs> 9, 10 degrees. Sun's gone down. We're all freezing. We're all in Levi's and tennis shoes and cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, we weren't dressed to be out there in the dark. But uh, when Kayla and I roll up, Zach, he straightened the, the Jeep out for the most part. And so we just helped him dig it out. We got to go forward probably 10, 15 yards after a couple times digging it out. And then I stop. I'm already pissed off at Zach already for making me hike six miles for 15 minutes of nothing. And I'm sitting here watching him. There's only one shovel, so not much I could do. But I'm sitting there watching him dig this Jeep out. And he's sitting there kicking himself for getting us into the situation. It was looking like, you know... There wasn't high hopes of us getting this Jeep out. It was pretty stuck. It was probably good 8, 10 inches of snow that you're stuck in. And we're in the middle of the drift, and it is three-quarter of the way turned to the south side of the road, in the middle of the road, and I'm going... So many knots and everything. Mm -hmm. And the entire time I'm thinking, there's a road in a farmer's field, what, 20 yards to our right. And I'm sitting there going... Really, you retard. Are you kidding me? Well, that's the thing. I asked you, I was like, Zach, what is your plan here? Because the road only gets worse from here. It doesn't get better. It just gets deeper and more loose snow. See, and my thought was, I need to get up on this, this other road where people have been going so that I can get it out. You know, that was a place where there was no snow. There was maybe an inch of snow. And so I knew if we could get it there, we could do it. Problem was, that was pretty steep slanted too. Well, the... The bank up to the guys was, just, what, two feet tall? Yeah. yeah. It wasn't a gradual incline, too. It was a two-feet drop-off drop to that road. And so we're trying to figure out what to do, and I finally I finally gained the humility and, you know, realized I'm not real smart. Mm-hmm. And so I turned to Connor and Connor, what do we do? You know, what, what do we do? I suggested, you know, we just, you know, James here, he has a big Chevy truck that would maybe have better luck getting back here. Maybe. 
But I was like, I say we just try and dig this thing out, do a million point churn, try and get out of there and face at least the other direction for when everybody else comes, they can help us dig it out and push it. So how did that start off? <laughs> start off with me telling you, you know, Zach, I was pissed off at you for getting us in this situation, but seeing you having to go through this hell, I think that's punishment enough. Let's get to work. And so we do our first turn, and we made it, what, three inches? Maybe. And, and I'm the one driving here. Yes, Michaela's got to drive, and she doesn't do a whole lot with being stuck. But for her first time, she's doing really well. The second we start spinning, she usually turned it off. There's a couple times she sank it good. Uh, yeah. But I think we made it three inches on that first that first go. Yeah. And we wiggled it back and forth. I know, we probably did 15 or 16 Back and forth. You did four or five when I got there. And and you guys were almost halfway out. Yeah. (laughs) And and we had to, every time we'd turn, we'd have to clear off some more snow so that she could move without getting it high centered. And eventually Gibby gets there and we start really getting to push it. We got three of us behind the car pushing. And we get it to where we're almost all the way turned. And we go forward and she starts uh, spinning. And I'm going, oh. Come on. So close. And I'm thinking, okay, this next part is uphill, and I don't know if we can actually make this. I'm kind of worried. And so I tell Connor and Gibby, all right, let's have her back up a little bit and just give it a run and go. And she backs up, and we all get behind it, and we she starts going, and all of a sudden she's moving. And she's moving, and she's moving, and she's moving. She took off. And she bolts. Like, and I'm yeah. like, well, crap. <laughs> well, we're actually getting out of here? Also, well, by this time... In the meantime of this all happening, I end up cu- finally getting a ride back. Because I was still You're walking. the last one. <laughs> I was the last one who got a ride back. Mm-hmm. But I was all but tw- 250 yards off from them. I could see them. I'm like, oh no. Uh, oh no. Yeah, by the time we finally got a Jeep unstuck, you know, whoever the stranger was, I don't think any of us really caught his name. I think but it was Steve. Was it Steve? I'm pretty sure it was Steve. And I've got his number he- and address. He came back and he made four or five trips and picked all of us up, brought us back, everything. Super good dude. Oh yeah, the, the <laughs> very dude with kind. The, um, Yankees beanie. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super good dude. Yep. But I was the last one, and that's when they were doing their final push, and so I run over there and try and help push. So we're we're out. We're loaded up. We're getting ready to go. Um. And what did you try? No. What did you try to do? I want our listeners to know the kind of people that live here in Idaho, the kind of people oh. that we look learn to love we, and have here. We gathered up every bill that we had that was less than a fifty dollar bill and tried to give it to this guy. And he's like, "No, just go go pay it forward next next time you're out here and somebody else needs help, you help them out, figure it out." And he would not take payment. Oh. Yeah, that, that was the guy that we helped load a sled up. So yes, I never yes. caught his name. Yeah, I didn't catch his. Was it, no, that, it wasn't Steve. That we not Steve. No, uh, Steve was the guy that we... Kent. 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 Okay. So, Kent, I don't know if you're listening to this, man, but if you ever get this, know that you helped a lot of people that it answered their prayers that night. So, we really and appreciate you. Oh, to sure. add to Kent, the guy that drove me out is Tracy. So, thanks to Steve, Kent, and, and Tracy. Tracy. Oh, yeah. Amazing we individuals. We never got our guy's names, but... No, we so, didn't. So, we've got his sled loaded up. He's getting ready to roll out we all jump in our vehicles and we start driving out um what's the next thing that happens after that so we sit there you pulled up on that first yep we're driving and all of a sudden i see 
the reflection of two taillights off the side of the road. And it looks like the cab light's on, but it also looks kind of like a farmer that's out with his cattle because there's hay bales yeah. sitting right there. Yeah, we couldn't really tell. And I thought to myself, normally I wouldn't stop right now just because it looks like he's fine. It looks like he's sitting there. He got the four-wheeler in the back. You know, I figured, all right, you know, whatever. If well, anything, he need, he has that four-wheeler, he can get out of there. We were about 20 yards behind him, and I'm like, hey, babe, there's a guy sitting outside that truck. I think we might need to stop. And I sit there, and I go, you know, the guy told us to pay it forward. Now's the opportunity to do that. So we pull off the side of the road. I look behind me, and there's the same guy that had given me a ride up to the Jeep Liberty, and had given me a shovel. And he's sitting there, and I'm like, what's going on? He's like... I ended up off the side of the road as well, and my tire went flat. Yeah, he was totally 360 in the field. So when when I got there, um, I'm coming down and I see, you know, his truck's looking super tilted, super tilted to one side. Well, we, we saw I, the taillights, thought it was you guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At first. Or something. So so we we jump out and we see um, Zach and Melissa walking around helping this guy out. So we're like, well, what happened? And we noticed that it won't, the rear tires, um, like, just completely flat, broke the sill. Um, luckily, it was just a broken sill, not, not a no hole or flat anything. tire. So, we take the opportunity, we jack his truck up, take the tire off. Now, what kind of jack did he have? Do you remember? He had some <laughs> little jack that I would, I would think was like a four-wheeler jack, if that. Because it was a hydraulic that you had to twist. Yeah, and he had it, this, this, it was like a... Big screwdriver on the end of his lug nut, yeah, breaker. So for for all the construction people, it would it'd be like a a jack that you put a beater into twist, a big beater, a flat big flathead screwdriver. Yep. And so we're sitting there going, well, that's that's not what we want. And so my beautiful wife happened to have a decent, Somewhat reasonable decent. <laughs> working jack in hers, and this entire time I'm thinking, you know. James drives a Silverado. He's got to have a great jack in there. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I did have one, actually. <laughs> really? You've got it. Hold on a second. Now, I want everyone listening to this podcast to listen right now. He had a better jack, and he never once thought this would be a better idea. By the time I pulled up, the truck was already jacked up. And so I, I got out, and I was looking for mine. I found it. But and then I walked over to there, and they already had it jacked up. I'm like, oh, they got it covered. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> so, so the guy, <laughs> this guy gets his lug nuts off, and then what happens, Gibby? So his his tire's stuck, so we're trying to figure out why it won't come off. And um, I I think what ended up happening is as he spun off, he, his, he broke his sill, his rim hit the ground, and he just kind of twitched it just enough that it, it just got stuck, so we're trying to get it off, and we can't get it off. Um, so I I brought up the vehicle that I tow all of my tools around it. I've got you know all, every tool I use ever in that. So I I had pulled everything out, and I had a couple just straggler tools. I had my hammer in there. I think I had an axe in there, and then I had a couple bags of just socket sets. So I'm like, hey, I got a hammer. Like let's let's just go hit it and. So we found a piece of wood and we sat there and whacked it and whacked it and whacked it. No, wait, hold on. Who was the one whacking it? Um, I think I hit it a couple times and I and think Steve. you hit it a couple times. Didn't I, I hit it a few times. Gibby hit it a few times and we're sitting there going, what the crud? But we, so we didn't want to you know, damage this guy's wheels nice or anything. Yeah. 
So so then he just like puts puts a piece of board on that we had found to hit it with and I don't even think he hit it that hard. He I don't. Just, no, it was he, the same thing we were doing. Yeah, he hit it a different spot than I did, and it just came loose. We pulled it off, put the new one on, went to bring the jack down, looked forward. We all go, right oh, shit. His front tire's flat, too. <laughs> so we're sitting there going, oh, no, what are we going to do here? And then Connor pipes up, hey, Gibby, so don't well, you have an inflated Gib- So, first of all, Gibby had sent me into the back of his car earlier to see if he had a better jack, which he didn't. I saw some other stuff in there, and I wasn't quite sure what they were, but you know, I saw an air tube or whatever. I was like, oh, it must be a compressor. Now, I don't know how many of you are, are religious, but I think it's a miracle that we had all the right tools well, that we needed to fix. It was the perfect stuff. I have gone to trade this car in on a truck four or five different times, and just, I, I haven't been able to do it for one reason or another. Um, Just... Not the time, not the money, whatever it was, I couldn't do it. And how many different times did you try to take your tools out of your vehicle? So my hammer, I went to take out about four times. I was like, oh, I, I better just leave it in. And I have these bags. My my father gave me uh, a ratchet set that's got quarter inch, half inch, and uh, three eighths all, all in it. And so I had those all in my little Klein bags and... So we couldn't quite tighten his lug nuts on all the way with with the um, with the with the tool tool that he had. I'm sorry, spacing what it's called. So I'm like, oh, I, I might have something in there. I, so I sent Kayla to get my my Milwaukee quarter inch set because I remembered I had the, that in there. I'd left that in just in case I needed it. And it's like, oh, I don't I don't have a size that big. I wish I. I really wish I would have bought the Milwaukee 3.8 set. And then I go, oh, wait, I got them in my car. And I had gone to take those out four or five times as well. Every Like, as I was taking everything out, as I was loading up all the Connor stuff, um, as we were loading up all the gear to go today, I multiple times I thought about taking them out and just didn't do it. So those of you that don't believe in miracles are full of horse crap. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because at the end of the day, what ended up happening is he had two flats. We were able to get in, replace the one with his spare, and fill up the other so that he could get out. With this tiny, tiny little air compressor that you plug into the car. It should have only been used for a four-wheeler, if that. Maybe. Maybe. It took, like, a half hour, and by this time, it's, like, eight degrees, and it's just... So cold. Like, my, my pants are frozen to the point where I went to take my boots off and couldn't get them off because my They're pants frozen had frozen in a position I was in the same spot. that it just wouldn't come off. My <laughs> pants froze to my boots too. So, so um, someone had mentioned, I can't remember who it was, that um, most of us, I think all of us in here, are religious. So when me and James are pulling out this sled, I'm sitting there, oh, please just, please let Zach be able to just bring the Jeep in. That's not happening. I realize that's not happening. Please just let us get out. And then, you know, we had that guy come, go go past us. Okay, please let all of us get out safe. We get the ride. We get everything loaded up. And we get down to go help this guy. And by some miracle, 
we have a compressor, the tools to take it all off, and just it just happens. And there's multiple miracles that happen today. Number one, we got to the lake without anyone getting hurt. Yeah. And back without anybody. Number two, we got everyone out of there without getting any kind of serious illness. I mean, I was worried about hypothermia if we'd stayed in there. We didn't have any gear to stay the night. We didn't. Oh, there was no way. And so someone had to have be gracious enough to offer us a ride. Then someone was willing to correct my mistake of trying to send in a Jeep Liberty. And we somehow was able to get that out. And not only that, we had every single tool just offhand to help this guy replace his tires. I don't know about you guys, but if I've ever heard of a Miracle Day, that's one. And, like, I don't think any of us have ever mentioned it. I'm not going to state what religion we happen to be, because religion is religion. Exactly right. Someone's going to help us out one way or another. But, I mean, I... I could have just taken all of my tools out and put them in one spot and been like, hey, that's ready to go Monday morning. I don't have to th- even think about it. Um, I could have traded traded my car in. Um, I don't know. What, what could you guys have done different where if you would have made one small change, none of this would have happened today? Not talk to the one guy. I could have... I mean, he would have been out of there and we'd have been crap out of luck when I put that Jeep in. No shovel. Yeah. No come along. We had had no way out of there except for us trying to push that out of there, and there was no way in heaven we were ever getting out of there. No, awesome. I probably could have spoken up before we even started the hike in. Like, guys, I don't want to hike in there. I didn't want to. I should have spoken up, said, "Hey, I didn't it, want to. Let's go to another spot." But if we'd done that, we no one would have been there. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't have been able to help that guy. Yep. Well, no one, no one would have been because we were the last guys out. Yeah, we yeah. were the very last vehicles out of there. Mm-hmm. And so, just so many miracles had to have happened today. You know, Connor being quiet and being a good sport about going in there with us. Me talking to the guy. James catching a fish. That that had to have <laughs> on, on an $8 bowl. That played a part. That definitely played a part. Um, Gibby leaving all his tools. All these things happened for that end result. But at the end of the day, we all got to come home. And have delicious elk stuffed burgers. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Best part of the day. And, you know, a lot of you guys are probably sitting at home going, why would these guys even make a stupid decision like that? (laughs) How many different stupid decisions? (laughs) (laughs) And people people will be smart go, oh, three miles in, it's about, we got there at about two o'clock. It's about two o'clock. It's going to take us an hour to get in at least. And we're going to be able to fish for about an hour and... You know, it'll take us probably two, three hours to hike out. Mm-hmm. That, that's not worth it. Let's go home. <laughs> but you make those decisions to let's just do it. And you end up super, super close with the people you're with. I met James last night at a little Mexican joint. <laughs> and we had said probably about ten words total to each other. And... I'd take a bullet for him now because, you know, we you, you can't go through something like that and not not feel close to someone. Not appreciate what they've done. Yeah. I think that's another goal of All Outdoors. Was this, that's why we do it, to, for the camaraderie. Yep. We do it to build that friendship, that brotherhood. You know, that's how 
me and Zach have gotten so close as we go hunting together. We've made an annual trip where we at least go we go duck hunting at least once every year. I'll travel travel up from Utah to Idaho, or he'll come down to Utah with me. But we've tried to make an annual thing around every Thanksgiving that we're going to duck hunt together. I think this year we're planning on coming down to Utah with you guys. So if any of y'all from Utah, you know, know how to do it down there and can give us any extra pointers, please do because this year we're looking forward to a limiting out four person four person bird limit. Yeah. Also, you know, none of this could have been done without the kindness of others. It all comes down to that, you know, like we talked last time, etiquette. Just be nice to other people. Help them out. You know, don't be afraid to ask for pointers and give pointers if you're out fishing or hunting or whatever. We asked oh, three different people at today, least. at least. And that's just like, that's just because that's who was there. We, I would have asked everybody on the lake if I would have walked past them all. Yep. I, I think we can all say that it might have been a dumb decision. <laughs> and, but there's something about the adventure that's fun. We could have been sitting on the couch, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, and you made a really poignant comment to me that kind of has stuck with me all day. Um, as we were packing in, I look over you at your pack, and I go, you know, this is kind of hard. This kind of sucks. But you made a really, really valiant argument. You remember what that was? Is about, you know, looking back on this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You sit there, and you look back, and your greatest memories with your best friends are sitting there going... The dumb crap we did. <laughs> well, and we finished this whole, the entire adventure, what, two two hours ago? If that. If that. Yeah. And yeah. we are all laughing and having a good time about it now. Thanks to the Elk Burgers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but I've had a handful of experiences like this, you know, with other buddies where, you know, one in particular where we were scouting for deer in Wyoming and we decided not to take... Any sleeping bags or tents, we were just going to kind of hoof it. We had a tarp, and actually we might have sleeping bags, I take that back. But no tent or anything. We end up sleeping on the tarp, and then it starts raining in the middle of the night. And so we have to put the tarp over us, we're on the dirt. We're basically like on this knife ridge, where we're basically spooning. This is the first time I've seen this guy in years. And so it's like, we got to know each other real quick. And we've been in other situations where we had to pack out a deer six miles in a torrential downpour fog. I mean, it was... A terrible experience but just like today you know you look back on it and it actually tends to be one of your most fond memories just like those other ones I had and it's like Gibby was saying it's like you really get to know people when you do this and that's how you really become friends you really find out who your friends are and you know people you get along with I remember when we got out and I was not wanting to go <laughs> but Gibby's like no let's go let's go he's, let's like, get it. he's like let's go I'm like Okay, you know, I respect this guy, man. He just wants he wants to get out there. So he I'm wants like, fish. You know, that's the kind of, you, you kind of, you, you make good friends and you make lasting memories when you do stuff like this, whether it was fun at the time or miserable. <laughs> you still so, make those memories. And I had made a comment to you when we got back. Um, you remember what that one was? Zach, sorry. I had made a comment to you, Zach. Do you remember what that was? I don't remember which part. Um, The one about being outside with other people. Hmm. The greatest strength, the greatest relationship you'll ever gain with people is through being outside and going through trials with people. You know, and that's that stuck with me because who would you rather take a bullet for? The guy that you know down the street for three years who's taken your lawnmower twice and busted it once and you're just like, I kind of, you know, wish he'd drop off the face of the planet. 
or the guy that you crawled down in the freaking canyon with, dug a Jeep out with for two hours, <laughs> sat there and went, you're a freaking retard. But I love you with all my heart. Yeah, so, and, I mean, I've got countless experiences like this. Just just with Connor, me and him went up to King's Peak and, you know. Uh, that's I, another story. They almost died. I, we'll get like that story later. Yeah. But, you know, you almost die with somebody enough times. You're like, all right, we, I guess we could be friends now. <laughs> <laughs> that's why me and Gabriel are such good friends. I have so many stories where I've almost died with him. Mostly because of our stupid decisions. Yeah. But you come to love each other over that. Oh, yeah. But uh, for guys, I for the last 10 minutes, I really want to take a special time and talk about our dream hunts or fishing trips. And I want to single out a voice that isn't really heard a whole lot in this podcast. But the two hunts that I really want to hear about is first I want to hear from Michaela. And then I want to hear from my beautiful wife, Melissa. Guys, tell us about your dream hunt or fishing trip. Michaela, I'm really excited about yours because I asked you about it last weekend. Yes. So, I haven't really done a lot of hunting other than duck hunting. But I was thinking it'd be fun to go to Alaska or anywhere and get a big old moose. Yep, that's mine. I like that. That'd be a lot of fun. That'd be a lot of fun. All right, sweetheart. Um, what... I really want to go shoot a turkey with my bow this next year, and then I want to go on an adventure to Alaska for fishing and hunting. Starting to sense a theme here. Alaska. <laughs> my, I was fortunate enough to uh, live out my dream fishing trip. Um, what when was it, James? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. July twenty nineteen is my it been my grandpa's dream. Take all of his grandsons and son-in-laws and everybody out to Alaska for a big fishing trip. Yeah, me and James, we had a blast. It was so much fun. We went out there for a whole week and did nothing but fish every day. And we fished just about everything they had out there. <clears throat> um, I remember specifically my favorite part growing up with you know, my dad taking me fishing and everything. Um, he and I, we always talked about doing an Alaska trip. You know, I've always wanted to go up and fish the Kenai River during the spawning season and, you know, try and catch salmon out of the Kenai. It had always been a dream of me and his to go and do it together. And unfortunately, he passed away in 2015 when I was uh, 15. And, but I still got this chance to go out there and we were, we got a guide on the Kenai River with us and we were going to go for king salmon. You know, fish I've always dreamt of catching. And we were talking with the guy, and he said, you know, because ever since the world record King Sam was caught in that river, and because of all the commercial fishing that goes on just outside the mouth of the river, you're super lucky to get a King, a king Salmon out of that river. It is so rare to get King Salmon now out of that river. They're almost gone in that river. Mm-hmm. And... I'd say no more than half an hour after he told us that, I, I got a king salmon. And I was the only, we had probably nine people in our group, and only me and my cousin were able to get a king salmon. Yeah, and not only that, I, I remember just keeping an eye out on other boats. And I mean, I might have seen one other boat bringing in a king salmon. But Connor and Silas both brought in a king salmon pretty often. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of... It's kind of heartbreaking to live out that dream without my dad after so many years of talking about it with him, but to still have that experience, it was 
probably one of my favorite memories ever. Gibby, what's your dream fishing slash hunting trip? Or so do you have one or the other or both? So, so they're both actually. I I almost prefer fishing over hunting, but I I would really really and I got this idea from that meat eater show with um, Steve, Steve. Steve Manella. Mm -hmm. Um. And he went on a bear hunt up there, and that's, I really want to go on a little black bear hunt. Mm -hmm. In Alaska? In Alaska, yep. I know exactly what that is, Prince of Wales Island, right? Yep. But, so with this podcast, guys, I'll, I'll uh, submit a photo uh, on Instagram, um, keep an eye out for it, but it's of a black bear that I saw on the very island where Steve Brunel shot his. So I, I want to go up, and I mostly just kind of want to fish up there. I've seen tons of great fishing up there, and... But I want to go, and I want to shoot a black bear, and I got this super cool idea from this show that a lot of people were trying to um, um, taxidermy their, their bear where it look, it's growling at you, it's looking all mean, but I really want to do one where he's just got his lip just just hanging down, um, yeah. if you guys all, all get what I'm saying. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I think that that's mine. Awesome. Shay? Oh, I just, I don't know. I didn't grow up hunting or anything, but... How about fishing? I've never caught a fish in my life. Well, Shay's from Canada. So we we'll are going to change this, folks. <laughs> Sorry. Keep with, the, keep with the podcast for a little while. By the end of this year, we'll have our first fish, and hopefully we'll have taken her out fish, er, hunting a few times. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, we just got Shay a backpacking backpack for Christmas. My parents got it for her, so... We're, we're getting geared up for, for the mule deer hunt next year. Sweet. This year, I guess. Later this year. Yeah. We're going to see what we can find. All right, James. Dream hunt slash fishing trip. Both or none or one or the other. Oh, man. My dream hunt right now, just like Kayla, involves moose. But I, my dream hunt, I really just, I'm dying to have an Idaho moose hunt. It's, it's a once-in-a-lifetime tag, just like mountain goat, just like bighorn sheep. So it's incredibly hard to draw. My little brother, Jake, drew this about oh, was it, three years ago, I believe. He drew an Idaho moose tag. And we came within about 80 yards of uh, an Idaho giant, Shiris, the giant Shiris moose. And I remember watching that thing run away without getting a shot. It just broke my heart. But I, you know, it's about, it's like 3 to 5% draw odds where I like to hunt. So... That would be my dream hunt, and then you know, following that would be an Alaska moose hunt. Had a couple buddies go on there. They shot a couple sixty inches this year, just giants. I mean, it's just you see those moose just swaying their antlers. I mean, it's just a sight to see, and I just want to do that. First Idaho, Alaska, but Alaska will probably come first. <laughs> Zach, dream hunting or fishing trip? I've got both. Both. Let's hear it. So when I was young, all I ever talked about was going to Alaska and fishing. That was my dream. That's what I wanted to do more than anything. And uh, the year before I was able to go on a mission, my buddy came to me and said, Hey, my son and I are going on a trip to Alaska. We're going to go fishing. We're going for three weeks. How much money you got saved up? So I told him how much. And he said, We'll squirrel away $1,000. And we'll go for three weeks to Alaska. And I was like, You're freaking kidding me. Yeah, we can go to Alaska for three weeks for a thousand dollars we got out there and we fished our guts out we were up every morning at five o'clock in the morning we didn't go to bed till 11 o'clock because in alaska the sun stays up a whole lot longer 
and we caught pinks, we caught silvers, and one of the things that is most memorable to me that I will never, ever, 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 ever forget is here in Idaho, you can't catch and keep a bull trout. You're not even supposed to take them out of the water. But you see, in Alaska, you can catch and keep them. And I ended up catching a bull trout by accident, and I got to keep it. And it was one of the more unique fish I've ever caught. And so that was a dream fulfilled for me. I remember, I mean, just, I had the time of my absolute life out there. But since then, I think my, my fishing dream trip has changed once. Um, my next dream trip is I want to go catch giant trevelli on uh, top water. I have seen those fish, and they will come out of the water for a bird, and they will eat them whole. Oh, wow. It is really, really awesome. Hey, why don't we go shoot a duck and use it as bait? We about could. <laughs> um, but these guys will use, you know, <clears throat> six-inch poppers. And they are throwing them out a quarter mile and just jerking them back as hard as they possibly can. Massive explosions of uh, popping. And these fish will come and hit it like a free train. I remember watching a video of a guy doing it, and I just thought, you know, that would be really awesome to go catch one of those. Um, and as for my dream hunt... I'm going to stick with a theme here. I have always wanted to go to Alaska, and there's two animals that I've always dreamed about shooting. I have always dreamed about shooting a Yukon moose. One that's big enough that I can lay inside of its antler spread. Nine foot at the hump. I mean, just the absolute mother load of moose. And then I would love one day to go to Kodiak Island and shoot a grizzly bear whose paw is bigger than my head. That that would be my honest dream come true is to bag both of those animals, shoot a moose whose spoons can't fit inside of my living room. That's how big it is, and then an Alaskan grizzly bear have it poised with its paw up like it's about to swipe at you, and just show people how big that paw is. I mean, it's twice the size of my head. I just think that would be one of the coolest things to ever go do. You know, Zach, I gotta say I'm kind of jealous of your uh, bull trout. So when we were up in uh, Alaska fishing, so I'm from Utah, got really good rainbow trout fishing, rainbow trout state fish. Oh, oh yeah, we got huge trout out here, they're about six inches long. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait till you hear the story, okay? We don't want to hear about we're... your little trout, Gibby. <laughs> no, 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 we were out there, we're stripping our flies on the river trying to hook a salmon, because you, know, you can't use bait, you just have to throw it out there and hope you hook one in the mouth. We were out there and I get a bite, I reel it in. It's a four inch rainbow trout. <laughs> I was so mad. I was like, really? I flew all the way to Alaska to catch, catch bait, oh, yeah. basically. I was like, I'm from Utah, I go catch one four times as big in the local pond. See, and you guys all want to go up to Alaska and like salmon fish and stuff like, I just want to go catch a bunch of lake trout up there. That's, that's all I really want to do. That's it. <laughs> I'll tell you what's really fun. The lean cod. The cod up there is so much fun. fun. Maybe oh, we'll yeah. post a picture. Uh, me yes. and James's two brothers, we both pulled up lean cod that are almost as big as us. We're sitting there holding them up. He's They're like about leaning as big as we back. And... They, they weigh good 50, 60 pounds, I'll bet. So guys, keep an eye out on Instagram for those. But to preface my bull trout story, it was right as the silvers were coming into fresh water. And I was sitting there watching them. And the first night we were there, we didn't have the opportunity to start fishing. But you could see the water just swirling with them. 
First day we get out, we start fishing. And I, when I tell you we didn't catch a friggin' thing, I was furious. Second day, sitting there fishing, and I'm pulling my fly through this school. I mean, they're just schooling these silvers. And I was like, I could snag one so easy. It really wouldn't be that hard. No one would know. <laughs> and I'm pulling it in, and I feel this hit. And I think for a second it's a salmon, but it's not fighting right. Salmon, they have that muscle, that, oh, yeah, they, that train, they, they just go. But he's not fighting that way. And I ended up putting it, and it was a decent-sized bull trout. And I just sat there, and I was shocked. Because, number one, I didn't know they had bull trout there. But, number two, I'd never seen one. Not in the wild. I'd never gotten to catch one. And so, seeing this one in Alaska, I picked it up and took it over to camp and showed my buddy Doug. And he's like, well, crap. I got the grease hot. I was going to cook some biscuits. Let's cook this. And so, we ended up right then and there. Less than five minutes out of the river cooking a bull trout, and it was amazing. And so that was still a little disappointing because we didn't catch trout or any salmon that day. But later on that week, we would go on to catch a couple of them. So I, I think to just kind of, we're, we're kind of clearing up here, yep. about to end it. I think one of the biggest things we all would like to share and let everybody know, always remember you see someone who looks like they're struggling, you see someone who looks like they need help, and you're out, help them out. Do what you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you never know if you stopping to help might be the difference of them staying there the night or, you know, get home safe that night. So just yeah, help people sure. out. And always, guys, don't forget to check out our, our Instagram, our Facebook, our, our email. Um, don't forget to email us with any questions. Don't forget to... You know, go check out our photos. We're going to post a lot of photos from Connor's um, Alaska trip and from a few from my Alaska trip. And we're definitely going to post a photo of uh, the one perch we caught today because we just <laughs> railed those perch today. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be hitting the ice this year, I think, a couple more times. I'll get some pictures yeah, out there. Sure. We, we told this space to take any pictures today. Because yeah. And I think we're going to try to go out tomorrow. So we'll we'll post any pictures from anything that we get tomorrow. But yeah. um, I think to finish up, you know, guys, we want to hear some of your dream hunts, some of your dream fishing trips, or if you've already had the chance to live out those dreams, we want to see the pictures. Send them into our email, post them on our Facebook, send them into the Instagram. We also want to hear really big struggle trips too. Like yes, like tell us about your guys' oopsies. Teach us yeah. how to ice fish. we're trash i will say ice fishing i'm not a not a huge fisherman i like you know i like going out every once in a while but i can actually see myself ice getting ice fishing because all right we've got a convert guys my thing with ice fishing is like i'm not going out to fish like we're going out to hang out with a group of people and have fun yeah i mean it's just yeah it's totally different i mean the thing i like about it is like you said you just go out there you kind of drop a line in you're jigging it, yeah. You just wait, but I don't do a lot in the winter. You know, I don't snowboard, ski, anything like that. Got bad knees, so this is something I could see myself actually being able picking to up a snowmobile for eight hundred bucks. Yeah, you know that way we don't have to walk in three miles. <laughs> yes. but it'd be awesome to do. Yeah, we learned our it's a fun thing. I I think everybody should do it at least once. Definitely, I agree. Definitely, give it a try. Anyway, guys, as always, keep the hunger for the outdoors. And I'm Zach. I'm Michaela. I'm Melissa. Connor. Gibson. 
Shay. I'm James. We'll see you guys next time.